Hi everybody, this is Vince, and this is my first podcast, and what I hope will be many more to come. As many of you know, Ines and I and the kids are taking a year-long sabbatical from San Carlos to go sailing down the west coast of Mexico in the Baja. We've been exploring a myriad of fantastic anchorages from the remote Rivijiquitos Islands archipelago all the way to the famous port town of Manzanillo in the great state of Colima. And as many of you know, we are currently back in San Carlos in the Sea of Cortez for the winter. And we'll be uh, out around six more months. That's what we've been doing. And I have a tremendous amount of video footage to edit. And all that content will be going on worldsaquarium.com, which is our newest site, uh, which is an online cruising guide to the Sea of Cortez. But what I want to talk to you about today in this first podcast is what's going on in San Carlos or what's been going on in San Carlos around the end of summer and the beginning of fall of this year, 2012. Ines and I got back into San Carlos around the 15th of October. And at that time, the town was abuzz with a whole lot of news, but it wasn't the kind of news that you would actually see in a newspaper. We all know here in San Carlos how rumors fly all over the place, and I like to call that the San Carlos Wireless. And uh, anyone who lives here in San Carlos knows quite often that the San Carlos Wireless is actually a great source of information. It's an important source of information. Uh, the key to the San Carlos Wireless, though, is, of course, getting at the facts and finding out what is actual fact and what is just simple rumor and innuendo. I've always kind of considered that to be my job uh, at San Carlos TV, to uh, sift through the rumor and find out what's true and what isn't. Some of what went on during that time frame, uh, and we're talking about, again, uh, the end of summer, uh, beginning of uh, fall, is really nothing new in San Carlos. And, and the things, those kind of things that we're going to talk about in a moment, that, are, that I'm going to talk about in a moment, they've been going on in San Carlos for many, many years. But there were other things that happened in San Carlos in that time frame, during that time frame, that I, I think are indicative of the times that we live in now. And there aren't any real precedents for them. The first thing I'd like to talk about is the rash of robberies that have been going on all over town, and especially over in the Bahia, in the Sector Bahia. Robberies in San Carlos are just absolutely nothing new, as many of you know, and myself as a 23-year resident of San Carlos, uh, I can tell you I have been robbed on numerous occasions and numerous locations all over this town, from my house in the Sector Creston to my boats I've had at the Marina San Carlos over the years, to boats I have moored over in the bay, all the way up to vehicles that we used to park over at the beach in La Manga back in the day, back in our windsurfing days, before uh, kiteboarding was invented. Uh, Ines and I even had our van stolen when our son Dante was a newborn premature baby in the hospital in Hermosillo. So I, uh, I consider myself an expert on being robbed if nothing less, in San Carlos. The most recent uh, instance of theft that occurred to me was last Semana Santa. Fool that I am, I forgot to lock up my 800 Suzuki Intruder, and uh, it was uh, stolen during Semana Santa. My mistake, obviously, I always lock that bike up. I forgot to chain it up one night, and lo and behold, that was it. It, would, it just walked away. Now, not only have I been robbed at all those locations in town, in 1994, I... I don't even like to admit this too often, but I was actually stabbed with a knife in front of Piccolo's restaurant while I was stopping a guy from trying to steal my 1973 Chevy Malibu Classic station wagon that I inherited from my mother. So robberies have been going on 
a long time. At one, at one point, robberies got so prevalent in the early 1990s that police set up a checkpoint out on the highway to revise and search suspicious-looking vehicles and local buses. One of those checkpoint searches uh, actually helped me reclaim stuff that was stolen from my house while I was out of town. I'd just come back from a trip up north to find that my house had been broken into and then subsequently locked up again. When I called the police to report it, they told me to come on down and claim all the stuff that they had that was mine. The police actually, um, they did a great job on that when they caught a kid on a bus to Guaymas with goods that were, that were taken from my place that they found in his backpack. Now, I can only imagine how many of this poor kid's human rights were abused during the interrogation process before he admitted to stealing the goods and brought the police to the house, my house, where he had uh, stolen the goods from. Among one of the things I was happy to get back uh, that time was an old pair of U-boat submarine binoculars my father had brought back from World War II. So San, San Carlos's finest did a great job on that one. San Carlos, of course, was a much smaller town back then, and I knew a lot of the local police by name. And uh, what a great service the police used to, to give to us all uh, on certain instances. They resealed my house up as best they could and kept an eye on it for me until I came back. I even remember back then if somebody had a bit too much to drink and found themselves behind the wheel of a car, not only would the police here in San Carlos not throw you in jail or give you a DUI, oftentimes they would just escort you home and make sure you got back to your place. And they didn't charge you any more DIDA or bribes. That was definitely back in the day. There was also an occasion in 1991, after I had just moved to San Carlos, that I simply have to relate to you all. I'd been living in San Carlos for a full year at that point. And back then, the Tecnológico de Monterrey had a college campus in Miramar. And uh, anybody who knows the Tec de Monterrey knows it's not a cheap school, so most of the college kids that attended the Tec de Monterrey rented houses in San Carlos. So, of course, I started meeting a lot of these college kids, and of course, it was a smaller town then. And I decided to take a roommate, one of the college uh, students, as a roommate. Now, uh, the very first night the roommate uh, showed up at my house to move in, he asked me if I wanted to smoke some pot. So not wanting to be the square gringo, I said, sure, why not? Nothing wrong with a little peer pressure. Yeah, okay, let's go for it. And so my new roommate, who will remain nameless, didn't have any pot, but he said he knew of a buddy of his who could deliver it to the house. So about 20 minutes after a quick phone call, sure enough, the delivery man arrived at my house. Lo and behold, it was none other than one of San Carlos's finest here at my house to serve and protect. Now, he definitely complied with the service portion of his contract. And not only did our local police officer bring us a bag of weed my roommate uh, had requested, but he also felt obliged to, um, to smoke one with us, and he actually did. And I'll never forget halfway through our sharing of that joint that our delivery man got an urgent phone call or excuse me, an urgent call on the radio and had to hit the road. It kind of reminded me of Barney Fife on the old Andy Griffith show. And, and to this day, I still wonder how many bullets that cop had in his service revolver when he uh, took the radio call and left us at our house. Of course, it's, it was not always peaches and cream in San Carlos uh, in the early 90s. There were still plenty of land fraud going on back then, as there is now. And there were instances of police robbing houses in San Carlos as well. So that is nothing new. So when Ines and I returned to San Carlos last October and heard the latest round of how local police had recently been caught with their hands in the proverbial cookie jar of San Carlos, it was just really nothing new to us. 
there's even one more police story that I'm gonna I'd like to share with you that that predates my early '90s stuff. Back in the day, and we're talking about early '90s again now. I was still a windsurfer, and us local boardheads would go out to the beach at the fishing camp at Lamanga for our local wind fix. We would uh, we'd park our trucks just uh, past the beginning of the club head of the club med fences. All sorts of people used to camp out at those beaches. Uh, there was Hans the German and his wife who lived out in a trailer for years at that beach. Uh, Hans eventually actually got deported for growing dope in one of the arroyos just off the beach. There was also an old Frenchman named Bernard who would camp in his trailer there during winter. Now Bernard had been camping in this area since the 60s, way before Club Med destroyed that beautiful little estuary at the point. Bernard loved to retell the stories of, of camping back then and how many hippies used to hang out on the beach naked there. What uh, would also happen on occasion is the police on horseback from San Carlos would ride out there and occasionally bust some poor hippie tourist for public nudity and extort money out of him to release him from jail. So. Uh, I just thought that was a, a kind of an interesting story to share with you. But let's let's fast forward to 2012. Some things that have happened here seem to, to me to be new events. The, the, the first event that uh, I just want to briefly talk about was the kidnapping of an American that occurred out at the Bea Esperanza development. If you're not familiar with the location of Bea Esperanza, it's located right next to the Marina Real and the Marina Vista out uh, in you know the Bahia of Algodones development area. And if you've not heard about that incident, then uh, yes, uh, indeed, there was an American kidnapped out there and ransomed back to his family. This was something for me that didn't really have much of a precedent before. The other big news was, of course, the shootout right behind JJ's Taco Stand. JJ's Taco Stand, everybody probably knows, it's located in front of the first Pemex gas station as you come into town. Now, that shootout left one Mexican undercover narcotics detective dead the ones that belonged to the elite Marine Division. Uh, his partner was unharmed, and the shooter or shooters made a clean getaway. And these two events, for, for me, these two events are a bit of a game changer in San Carlos. And what I might uh, like to talk about in future podcasts would be the anatomy of how these events came to be. Since, in my opinion, at least, at least one of those two events, and most likely both, were not random events. Uh, I would suggest that they are uh, not unlike Newton's third law of motion in the sense that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I, th I think there's, there's real traceable actions that, that cause those events, which brings me to that old adage that the more things change, the more they stay the same. I certainly find great ir irony in that statement. To me, there were reasons why those events happened, and... I think we might uh, have a chance to talk about that in the future. So this is just a very quick podcast. It's my first one. I, uh, I hope somebody somewhere enjoyed this. If anyone has an interesting story about being robbed in San Carlos that you would like to tell or that think people would find interesting, uh, please feel free to email me that experience or, or leave a comment at San Carlos TV. Just go to the website, sancarlos.tv, look for the link on the navigation menu for podcast and leave your comments there. I'm Vince, thanks for listening to this uh, first podcast. And also we have some new stuff going on at San Carlos TV. As many of you know, producing independent media is a tough gig and very time consuming. So to help monetize our efforts, we are currently designing products to sell at our online store. 
talent in drawing and graphic design actually run in my beautiful wife Inez's family. So very soon we'll have some uh, original products such as t-shirts, coffee mugs, and bags with themes of conservation from the Gulf of California on them to sell in our online store just in time for the Christmas holiday season. So if you want to help support independent media here in San Carlos and the greater Gulf of California, go to either of our two websites, sancarlos.tv or worldsaquarium.com. Check out the new stuff we have for sale there. Thanks again for listening, and con el favor de Dios, we do hope to see you next week.